Welcome to Free Christian Church of God's Audio Outreach Ministry. For more information regarding the Audio Outreach Ministries, or to order past messages, please contact the church office at area code 419-596-3103 or visit our website at www.freecog.org. And now here's Pastor Jimmy Fry with today's message. Amen. Romans 5.8 says, But God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Let's pray. Lord, we're so thankful for your love that you've shown us, God, that while we were still in our sins, still an enemy to you, totally depraved, you loved us. Lord, I pray that today this this word will speak to our hearts, God, where, where we need to hear it, God, that we will leave here with a better understanding of just how good you are, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. So I was studying this week uh, uh, for, this, for this message, and, a, and an old story came back to my mind, and I, asked per, I usually don't ask permission to share a story, uh, but I did ask my daughter for permission to share this story, because I remember what it was like to be a kid and your dad talking about you in a story uh, in his sermon. So unlike my dad ever did, I did ask my daughter for permission uh, to share this story. We were, we just found out that we were uh, going to have another child. It was Judah this time on his way. And I was so excited to tell people, um, especially Aislinn. You know, this was the first time that we were able to tell our children that they were going to be a sibling because our second child came through adoption, so that was different, a unique gift of its own. Uh, but this was telling Aislinn, who we, I just thought was going to be over the moon about having a, a little brother. My wife, she had a better grasp of how this was going to go, but, but not me, not, not ignorant dad. And so I remember going up to her bedroom and saying, Aislinn, you're, you're going to be a big sister again and she's like what do you mean uh well if we're going to details you're gonna have to talk to your mom about that uh but uh, i said you, you you're gonna have a, a baby brother or a sister and she says no no why uh no nah, i didn't have this part of the conversation planned out uh, I said, yeah, you know, you're such a good kid that we wanted to have another one and, and you guys will love each other. And she says these words to me. Was I not good enough for you? <laughs> Folks, how do you, re- she just ruined the moment. Ruined the moment and I remember her bawling her eyes out, running out of the room and I looked at my wife and said, well, that didn't go as planned. <laughs> and she said, I told you. She wasn't going to be excited about it. Uh, So she thought, because we were having another child, that our love for her had diminished, right? It it could not have been because we loved her so much we wanted to try again for one just like her, and it didn't happen that way. He's not just like his older sister. He's more like his mom. But I've thought a lot this week about the love of God. 
And, and we hear a lot in church about uh, the love of God. We know what the love of God is, but many times when we learn more about the love of God, it seems to give us more questions than it gives us answers. If you really think about it, uh, and then you hear the questions like, well, if God is love, then why do bad things happen, right? Or if God is love, then why doesn't he fix this mess? Many people will ask. Uh, but on the flip side of that, the question, God, how can you love me? How can you love me? Aren't there days where you just wake up feeling unlovable? Yeah, just wake up feeling like you're not enough to be loved by God. As I was driving to church this past Sunday, uh, knowing that dad was preaching and just kind of, uh, I, I try to turn on like worship music on my way to church and kind of pray and, and sing my way uh, to the church just to prepare myself. And I was overwhelmed by the love of God. Uh, as, as I drove past many houses that were still dark, the world still sleeping at this time, I wondered, God, why me? Why is it that I am on my way to church, excited to meet with you and your people, and all of these houses are full of people who are not? Why me? And beyond that, uh, why would you love me? Why would you call me? Why would you equip me? Why would you strengthen me? Why would you guide my life over all these other people, which it led me to the question, what does the love of God look like? If you were to draw a picture of God's love or to write a book about God's love or to make a movie about God's love, what colors would you use? What would be the landscape of your picture who would play the roles of you? Who would play the role of Christ, the role of God in your movie? Would it be something simple? Would it be something extravagant? It's something that I don't think we really consider all that often, the, the depths of the love of God, why God loves, how God loves but when we do consider the love of God within our own lives, how many times do we look within ourselves to find the reason that we are loved? Trying to find where maybe we've earned his love, trying to find where uh, we would deserve his love, looking for this irresistible gem within ourselves that God himself could cling to. We find ourselves like a schoolgirl with a daisy in her hand, walking through her day, pulling the petals of life, reciting, He loves me, He loves me not. He loves me, He loves me not. And we walk through all these highs and these lows in life in hopes and with great anxiety that at the end of the flower we'd have one last petal that tells us He loves us. It sounds elementary, 
but it's how most of us live our life. It's how most of us see and consider this love of God because our definition of love and our understanding of love has been so tainted by the world. It's crept into our hearts and now we attempt to measure God's love for us by how lovable we feel. I serve the homeless. He loves me. I forgot to pray. He loves me not. I witnessed to a coworker. He loves me. I got upset in traffic. He loves me not. Many people trying to live a Christian life without, with the wrong understanding of God's love for them and every day seems like a game of Russian roulette. I landed here myself this last week which prompted this message. But God shows his love for us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You see, I measure God's love for me a lot of times by how much work I've done, by how much I've expanded of myself for the kingdom. And when you're out because you've had surgery, you can't measure up. And God taught me through the laying on the couch and not working that he doesn't love me because of what I do, but that he loves me because of who he is. So I wrote down these two phrases uh, this week, and I want you to consider them, and, and you might wrestle with this a little bit, but I want to give you just a couple seconds to think about it. First one is, God loves us before we loved him, not because we loved him. We like that one. That's pretty good. That fits what we believe, right? But two, God loves us because we love him. Now that one doesn't sit so well with us, right? At first it would seem like you have to choose uh, either number one being true or number two being true. We think that one of those statements has to be true on top of the other statement. They would seem to contradict each other, but could it be possible for both of those things to be true? Absolutely. In fact, Scripture teaches us that both those things are true. God loved us before we loved him is known as love of benevolence. It is a free, unconditional love that flows from God's sovereign goodwill. You just get it. In your worst state, in your spiritual deadness, while an enemy of God, yet a sinner, you were chosen, you were predestined, you were loved. Love of benevolence. 1 John 4.10 says, In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Ephesians 1, 4, and 5, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Christ Jesus, 
because we were so lovable? No. According to the purpose of his will. Love of benevolence. Then there's a second type of love, uh, number two on our list. It's called a love of complacency. Now that doesn't sound very good because we're used to complacency being this this bad thing, Uh, but that is the contemporary uh, human complacency that we're familiar with, and we need to distinguish this so it doesn't sound like a lazy love, if you would. So so human complacency refers to... uh, an indifferent, relaxed, smug satisfaction. But this love of complacency that the Bible teaches on is God's love which takes delight and pleasure in the relationship with his redeemed people who are in Christ Jesus. A love of complacency. Or God's love for us because of us loving him. Okay, now, now just to clarify this, just to be theologically sound here, uh, this is not a love that we muster up on our own. This love of complacency, this love that we love God back with is initiated by God. It's initiated by that first type of love, so we don't even get credit for loving God back because we love God because he loved us first. He put it within us to love him. That's good. So you can't boast, right? No boasting about that. Um, John 14, 21, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. That's a, that's a huge key word there. And, and, and so manifest here, I just looked it up before I came out here. It means to appear in person, to declare or to make visible. All right, so remember that. When, when, when he loves us and our love for him, it comes back and he manifests himself to us, to those who are in Christ Jesus, all right? Hang on to that. John 14, 23. Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and uh, we will come to him and make our home with him. Okay, so, so there's, there's four separate scriptures that show this love of benevolence, this love of complacency, that both those statements are absolutely true according to scripture. So let's move on. So because of this love of benevolence, we have this love of complacency. Those who are loved by God will love God and keep his commandments. So it's love embraced and then it's love extended. And and it's always that equation. You can't just embrace it and hang on to it for a while. It's just this natural flow. Embraced and then extended. But notice, in either of these terms of love, it never says that God's love is measured by our health. It never says that God's love is measured by our wealth or our prosperity, and it definitely doesn't say that God's love is measured by how we feel. It doesn't say that. So how is God's love measured? Let's go back to that manifest word. 
God's love is measured by how much of himself he shows us. God's love for us is measured by how much of him he manifests to us. So we can't always count on feeling loved. Therefore, we must learn to look outside of ourself, not inside of ourself, in order to know this love. How is it we can know that God loves us? It's simple. We look to Christ. We look to Christ. Now, I'm not against looking in the mirror every now and then. In fact, Scripture encourages us to look in the mirror. But for every time we look in the mirror, Christian, you have to look ten times more at Christ. Ephesians uh, 1, 4 through 14. Even as he chose us, in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, to which he has blessed us in the beloved, In him we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight making known to us the mystery of his will. There's that manifest into us according to his purpose that he set forth in Christ as the plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. It can't be taken from you, because the Holy Spirit has sealed it, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Where is all the focus here? Him. It's all on him. If if you catch anything about yourself in that scripture, uh, let me find it again. Uh, The forgiveness of our trespasses. That's us. That's our feature in this film is our trespasses. The rest is all about his goodness his will, his plan, his purpose. Stop looking inward to find the feeling of being loved and look outward and respond to that. Look beyond your flaws and your faults in your flesh. Look beyond the busyness and the distraction. Look outward to the darkest of nights 
Look atop the dusty hill between the thief and the murderer and there on a bloody cross you'll find the answer to the question, does God really love me? Yes, oh, how he loves us. With every lashing, yes. With every mocking word, yes. With every strike of the nail, yes. With every drop of blood, yes. With every breath, yes. But why? Not because there was ever anything good in you to begin with, but because he is good, and that's it. And then when you sit amongst the beauty of scripture and even the foolishness of preaching and you reach down to pull a petal from the flower of life, you might say, he sent his only son. He loves me. He left his throne to become a man. He loves me. He was obedient to death, even death upon a cross, he loves me. He sweat drops of blood, he loves me. This king executed, he loves me. Buried in a borrowed tomb, he loves me. Preparing a place for me, he loves me. Coming to get me, he loves me. Never leaves me or forsakes me, he loves me. I am loved by God and he did it all. All, every last bit of it. Never again. Will I pull a petal that says he loves me not? In fact, when trials and suffering come, I know he will work them all together for good because he loves me. And I love him because he first loved me. That's a lot. I mean, that's a lot right there. But if we could measure it right because this is how we are we we want we want to we want to hold it in our hands right we want to grasp both ends of it and bring it bring it in to ourselves how much the love of god how deep the love of god how wide this love of god and the bible tells us john 17 23 this is this is crazy i and them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. How much does God love you? As much as he loved his son. As much as he loved Christ. Think how much the Father loves the Son. Think of the intimacy, the closeness of the Trinity, and Jesus says the Father loves you just as much. Why? Because he's good. Because he's good. 1 Corinthians 1, uh, 26 and beyond, for consider your calling, brothers, not many of you were wise. Amen, right? 
according to worldly standards. Not many of you powerful. Not many were of noble birth. It's going to get real real with us right here. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. Because of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God. Became to us. Happened. Wisdom from God righteousness and sanctification and redemption so that as it is written let no one who boasts let the one who boasts boast in the Lord it's so easy it's so easy to boast in the Lord why why is it so easy because you're nothing nothing this love relationship he has with you is based entirely upon who he is. He never loved us because of anything we were, but in spite of who we were. The church, Christ's church, this church is full of ordinary people who were terrible sinners. Welcome aboard. All grounds level at the foot of the cross. So God says, I love you because I love you. That's it. So we respond and say, I am loved by God. And God did it all. He loves me the whole flower. He loves me. I have to remind myself of this quite often. And with this love, with this love comes the spiritual blessing that we don't have to go out and find for ourselves. Wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption just given to us because we are in Christ Jesus and God loves us. You have it. Stop looking inward like like these gifts of redemption and sanctification and wisdom and righteousness are elusive gifts. They're not. You just can't see them looking inward. You only see them looking outward. You only see them looking to the person of Christ. That's a lot. That's a, that's, a, that's a great love, right? But there's more. There's even, there's even more than that, more than what he's made, more than what he's ordered, more than what he's done through the gospel and throughout history more petals to the flower, things he will do. Because he's this love. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10. But as it is written, you can't grasp this. We can't grasp this. It's fun to try. What no eye has seen, 
nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined. No man can imagine this. What God has prepared for those who love him. That's us. And why do we love him? Because he first loved us. And now I just can't help it. Just can't help it. Ephesians 2, 6 through 8. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the ages to come, here's what our future holds, church, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It's a gift from God. Our eternity, all of eternity, is a continual pouring out of his immeasurable riches of grace. Constantly. For all of eternity, a new immeasurable rich of grace poured out. Why do, why do we want to stick around this place, right? My goodness. But this is where our feelings get in the way, right? We see, but sometimes I'm just not sure I love him enough, right? I really get bad at this loving him thing. I keep falling short. I fall back into the same sins, the same mentality. I choose things I don't want to choose. Continually turn my back on him. I just want, I want to say it like this. Stop. Just stop thinking that way. He doesn't love us because our love is perfect. He loves us because his love is perfect. And we, we beat ourselves up over our shortcomings. And you know what? On your best day, you're still short. You're still short. Like, we can't even measure how short we are. But we're better off than we were before he chose us before he called us, before he redeemed us and saved. When, when God the Father looks down at you, he sees Christ. When I fall short, he sees Christ. When I do the most righteous thing I can do, it's still a filthy rag. But he sees Christ. Because he's love. And his love is perfect. It's like he told Israel in Deuteronomy 7 through 8. It's not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you. For you were the fewest of all people. His, his love has a way of humbling us, right? You're the fewest of all people. But it is because the Lord loves you. And we're like, but that doesn't explain why. It's our human brain because we're still looking inward, see? You gotta look outward. 
That's a love of benevolence. I love you because I love you. That's it. I am <laughs> because I am. He kind of talks like that. Then Deuteronomy 7, 11 through 12. You shall therefore be careful to do uh, the commandment and the statutes and the rules that I command you today. And because you listen to these rules and keep and do them, the Lord your God will keep with you the covenant and the steadfast love that he swore to your fathers. That's love of complacency. Because you love me, I love you. And it all hinges on his love, not your love. This is great. So how do I know he loves me? How do you know he loves you because he continues to manifest himself? He continues to reveal himself to you more and more and more. He continues to reveal himself to the people around you more and more and more. So I want to leave you with this scripture in our love of complacency. It's one of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible. Jude one twenty one says, keep yourself in the love of God. Look outward. Waiting for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. True love is never static or inactive. And God is love. He's doing something even when you're tempted to pull the pedal that says he loves me not. Just wait. Just wait. And if you're having a hard time seeing it, Try to open your eyes and see it. Don't look in, look out. Consider the gospel of Jesus Christ over your feelings when it comes to how much you are loved. I want to leave you with Romans 5, verses 5 through 6. But I want you to notice what your eyes do when we read this scripture. They go from the mirror to beyond the mirror. And I think that's how we're supposed to live our life. It says, and hope does not put us to shame. When we say shame, where do we look? In. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts. Oh look, where are we still looking? We're still looking in. God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us, and I want to add, has sealed us for all of eternity. That, that, that love being poured into your heart will never be poured out. Through the Holy Spirit who has given to us, for while we were still weak, where are we looking? We're looking in. At the right time, where'd your head go? It started going up, didn't it? At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Now stop and just keep your head there. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. The cross says he loves me. Period. Let's pray. Lord, I'm thankful for your just 
uncomprehendable love. And the, just, just, just to think, even in eternity, we're gonna we're, we're gonna have this feeling like, oh, I get it now. And it's just gonna be another pouring out of your grace and your goodness. Lord, I pray that this will change the perspective of our life. That God, when we have the tendency to look in, might it be for the purpose of picking our head back up to look out, to look up at the empty cross where you poured out your love for us while we were still sinners, completely unworthy, totally sinful. You poured out your love and continue to pour out your love from now to forevermore. God, might we keep ourselves in your love. Head straight, hopes up, and our hearts right. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Pastor Jimmy Fry from Free Christian Church of God in Continental Ohio. We hope you have enjoyed today's message, and we would like to invite you to visit us next Sunday morning. Our Sunday morning services begin with Sunday school at 9.30, followed by the worship service at 10.30. Free Christian Church of God is located on the corner of State Route 15 and State Route 634, just north of Continental. For more information regarding this or other ministries, call the church office at area code 419-596-3103 or visit our website at www.freecog.org. This has been a Free Christian Church of God audio outreach ministries production.